Hey everybody, welcome back to Narwhals. This is episode 8. I'm here with Kieran. Here we are. How, how are we doing? We are doing good. And uh, last, last, two nights ago, I guess, we, we were both up late until the wee hours chatting back, back and forth as we purchased our iPhones. What did you yeah, end up was, getting? I ended up getting the 6, but I was kind of already resigned to the 6. Well, actually, I'm, I wouldn't say resigned because that, that implies that the iPhone 6 Plus is superior and I, I'm not sure mm, it yes, is because yes. <laughs> I, I actually decided that the six was the best uh, for me. I went to mm-hmm. uh, I found a 3D printed uh, copy at the, the, the full stack meetup uh, that's here in Carlsbad. They had printed out the two sizes, 3D printed out and actually handed them out, said everyone get a feel for it, put it in your pocket or try to put it, try to put it in your pocket. Um, so that was kind of interesting. I was actually surprised at how not unwieldy the six plus felt in hand granted this was like a 3d printed plastic it was not to, to wait um but surprisingly it didn't feel as huge as i thought it would but then putting it in your pocket which it did fit by the way um but it's like you've got this giant flat slab of pocket that you're just like <laughs> walking around with like kind of restricting your movement your muscle movement a little bit um so i ended up deciding that the six would be the best thing for me i think it's still obviously it's still bigger still a good great looking screen i think it'll be i think it'll feel like a new thing which is part it's like half the battle um, yeah because it is a different form factor so at least it'll feel yeah feel different what, you win the you win the plus though right yeah i went i went plus i went plus size and got my wife a six and got myself a six plus I actually pre-ordered on apple but that thing was such a mess i i was I had the AT&T webpage open. I had the Apple's webpage open on my desktop. And then I had the Apple right, app, yeah. the, the App Store app open as well. And that's what I ended up getting through is the App Store app. Same. Yeah. And it was so confusing, though, because you would click, like, buy, and it would just, like, sit there and spin forever and be like, sorry. And you just tap OK. And you click buy again and sit there and spin. It's so confusing. And, uh, right. And even the loading indicator, it's like they're aside from confusing. the little spinning thing in the the status indicator in the the status bar like yeah. that was the only indication that it was even working on something yeah and the continue button looks horrendous it's like doesn't apple realize that people want to buy these iphones why don't they make a separate portal a separate site for this you know what i mean that doesn't have all the other chrome all the other things to check for it literally does one thing purchasing iphones and that's it it's like it's not gonna take that long but this is why apple is the west the worst large company at web stuff there they are definitely the bottom of the barrel. Nobody is worse than them when it comes to handling. I, I'd be interested. To, yeah, I would be interested to see who could actually address the sheer volume of, an, of a public event like this. Uh, you know, yeah. how well could it actually go? Because I, I, I agree that it could be a heck of a well, lot better. Okay, yes, but how, how I understand. Could it be better? I have no problem with the fact that there's so many people trying to order that my order is not going to go through or whatever. However, AT and T, as foolish as they are, and as and as terrible as their web stuff is and the fact that you could see the HTML comments on the <laughs> yeah, side because they weren't like the trailing comments. Yeah, they the weren't fully commented out. They were smart enough to let people in, essentially, not to, not realistically, but essentially one at a time, right? right. And so you just right. have this, nope, you're not in yet screen, and it automatically refreshes and lets you in when you're ready to go. Why can't Apple do that? I have no idea. Not only that, why can't Apple have good errors? Why are there errors just these... Comp- there's either no error... Or it's just you have no idea what happened. It's like, why can't they just tell you? It takes like four seconds to hard code a human-readable error. Right. So this is why I say the worst web company in the world because they just don't do any of this stuff. Of course, scale is hard and anything, but <laughs> you, can easily, uh, you can easily guide people even when there is errors going on. But um, no, That's true. 
But anyhow, I, I eventually got through, got the pre-order, and it said it would email you something, but I never got any emails. And, and I also, at the confirmation, screenshot it and read the fine print. It said that this, is, this doesn't – you didn't order anything. It's just a pre-order, and that we'll email you later, and then you have to finish your order in order to actually get it. Wait, is that through, that's through AT&T or that's through That's the through App Apple. Store? That's through the App Store. Gotcha. So the next morning, I got the emails from Apple saying – Yo, 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 your thing's ready. You can now go pre-order. But I had actually that night stayed up because I wasn't satisfied with those Apple warnings about saying this isn't a real pre-order. I went on to AT&T site and purchased the phones through AT&T mm. and just you know clicked on my, na- uh, my, my phone line, clicked upgrade. took forever because everything was super slow, but was able to upgrade, buy them both. But then the next morning when I got those emails from Apple, I also had two emails from AT&T saying, uh, the credit card information you gave us was wrong and you need to call us in order to, to, to fix it. Because basically I forgot to update my billing address because I moved. And so right. the, the purchases never went through. And <laughs> it had said it's going to take uh, – my wife's phone would be here on the 19th, which is super fast. But my phone would be like three weeks. So I was a little right. disappointed. And when I went, I was just like, I'll just see what Apple's pre-order ship times are like, both on the 19th. So I'm like, oh, dang. So you I went had the 6 Plus on the 19th? Yeah. I feel so, like nobody did that. I feel like you, even people who were doing it at 12.02 didn't man, get I got the 6 that. Plus on the 19th. I got that. So I, uh, I went and checked out and paid for everything through Apple's site. And, and, it, and uh, AT&T stuff, I had tried calling them, but I can't get through this. Like, there's just, they were overloaded. It would just hang up on you. So, but it said that if you don't, you know, call us and, and fix your payment, uh, then we will automatically cancel these things on the 19th. So I'm like, sweet. <laughs> so the day, the day I get my phone, my, AT, my AT&T orders will cancel. And so I was very lucky there. And so now I'll be able to get my phone on the 19th, which is rad. Yeah. It, I think the – so you – we were talking about, talking about this somewhat frantically at 11.55 that night. Uh, but so for me, the even more so than the than the overall size of the device, the biggest reason, uh, one of the biggest reasons that I went back down to the six from the six plus was the whole resolution downsampling thing. And I remember you kind of when you found out about it, you were kind of uh, put off by it, but you decided it's still probably going to be a great screen. It, who knows if you're even going to be able to to, to see this. Um, kind of weird downsampling who's to say it's going to be blurry or fuzzy because it chances are it won't be um but that was something that you that you considered and you decided you were okay with yeah yep yep so for everyone out there what it means is like normally pixels fit on a perfect pixel grid uh and if you imagine a imagine like a 10 pixel line that's one pixel wide it's like this perfectly solid black line right uh when things are not in the pixel grid and they're, say, in the middle of the pixel grid, like, uh, what happens is try rendering a half of a pixel-wide line on your screen. What's going to happen? Well, it's going to try to render as one pixel, so it'll actually take up two pixels wide of space, and they'll each be at, like, 50% opacity, you know? So it kind of looks like this bleeding edge. And that's what people talk about when they talk about Photoshop, making your icons pixel-snapped. You go in there, you clean them up, and you make sure your icons are on the pixel grid. They're not, like, bleeding over edges and you get like you get you know part of the line solid part of the line's like 50% opacity because it's bleeding and partly to the other line you try to get them all into the grid in solid lines so they look really clean crisp and all that kind of stuff so the so new the plus is a huge screen right the plus so is a huge screen and what they did it's a 1080 and 
if they would have just made the phone a little bigger, that's probably why they wouldn't have done it, they could have you know, fit that screen. Because they're going three times normal resolution. It's a 3X instead of 2X. So they could have fit all those pixels uh, perfectly if they had just used a bigger physical screen, but they didn't. And so uh, they have to size the screen down. But they want to keep that 3X resolution. For some reason, they didn't want to mess with the resolutions. Uh, maybe they wanted the marketing thing of saying it's 1080. I don't know exactly what. But yeah. be- because they made that decision, you could, either, you could either change the physical size or change the resolution. They didn't want to change uh, the resolution, so they decided to you – know, and they wanted the physical size to be small enough. So they had to compromise, and they have to scale the display. So imagine you take a picture. It's rendered to your screen, but then you use Photoshop, and you scale it down a little. That's what they did. They scaled down the dis- everything that's get, that gets printed to the display. And so now everything – it's 87% the size. So it's not even like 50%, something even. So now – uh, pixels will kind of be blurred across the grid, and they're not going to be perfectly solid. Right. Um, but, 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 the reason, I, and that turned me off massively. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this. It's going to look terrible. If it was an old iPhone, like a 3G or something, where, you know, uh, it was 1X, you would easily see that. 2X, you might even easily see it. But this is 3X. It's so, the pixel density is so huge I don't even know if I'll be able to see that with my naked eye. I don't know. Right. Don't These know. are like this is like twelve hundred by twenty two hundred actual assets, actual resolution that's then getting scaled down to be ten eighty. To be full HD, it's scale it's being scaled down eighty seven percent to yeah, that. And then down a little more. Yeah. The screen is still like four hundred it's four hundred or four hundred one or whatever pixels per inch. Like yep. the thing is packed. This screen is gonna be that's it'll be I'm a saying. beautiful, beautiful thing. Like it's yeah. gonna be hard to see these fuzzy lines. I think for and I, was, I think I said this to you that night, too. It's like for you or for me or for you know, people listening who have that uh, designer hat where, the, where people designing interfaces for this, we're going to notice. We're going to see that that one pixel line is not a one pixel line. Uh, but for those of us who are, if we put on just our consumer hats and we're just using the phone, we're going to look at it and be like, this is a, this is a beautiful screen. <laughs> yeah, totally. And the thing is, like, if you want to see a one pixel line on that display, you have to draw it three pixels. Right, because there's three pixels per, per one, because they pack them in. It's three times, you know, three right. times. You're, you're going to draw a three pixel line, and then it's going to be 0.87. Exactly, it's going to be 0.87. It so what I think is, um, in my eyeballs are they? Are, am I going to be able to see that it's 0.87 wide, or is it going to appear to me because I have human eyes as one pixel? I don't know because it's so dense. You know, it's so dense. And none of us have the patience to actually wait to see it. We just need to order it. Yeah. <laughs> so so funda- fundamentally, all of this could be solved. All of these questions could be answered by just waiting a minute. I know. I know. I wanted to go see it. But uh, like four months ago or f- five months ago, maybe, I switched over to AT&T's, um, man, I don't know what they're called, Next Plans, I think. Oh, you're doing the Next. You're doing the monthly installments to get new devices. Yeah. So, well, I switched over to it. No, I switched over three months ago when I, or two months ago when I moved here um, because I needed to up my data plan. Right. And they offer super 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 cheap plans like i could pay the same price and instead of getting two gigs a month i could get you know 10 or 20 mm-hmm. i don't remember what it was uh no i was getting like 30 gigs a month for the same price you know so i was like of course i'll do this i need it because <laughs> i had no internet at the time here and so now now that i don't use my phone don't tether my phone because now i have actual internet in my house um i dropped my plan down and it ends up working out mathematically better for me if, you, if, if you're going to buy a phone every year uh, you'll save money by being on the next plans. Um, and so oh. this is my first time uh, getting a phone on the next plan. So I signed up for the thing is called Next 12, which allows you to 
there's AT&T. It allows you to um, upgrade your phone every 12 months. So every year right. you can upgrade. Uh, and But essentially what you're doing is you're um, financing the phone. And so you have monthly payments. And so I think for the six plus, and uh, I didn't qualify for any discounts because I just got a new phone last time um, on the old style plans. Uh, so I paid the full price for the phone, which I think was 649 It's a lot. Yeah, and so my monthly payments are an extra $42 a month onto my bill, but I'll because I'll upgrade after 12 months, I'll only pay 12 of those payments. They break it up for you into 20 payments, so you'll pay off the phone in 20 payments. However, if you upgrade after 12 months, you're skipping eight months of payments for free. Like You don't have to pay those. So, Interesting. I remember, So I think most like major carriers now, as of the past year, year and a half or whatever, have their version of this. Yeah. But I remember when they first came out or started becoming uh, popular, I remember reading an article that kind of bro- tried to break it down and actually showed, is, the, is any of this worth it? Um, financially, does it make sense? Are you saving anything by doing it? Yeah. And I, f- I feel like the resounding answer was no, it's not worth it. Chances are it's not actually going to save you any money. But I can't remember what the logic behind it was. Maybe, uh, you know, I'm like you, I'm, bu- I'm buying a new device every year regardless, uh, you know, for, for dev purposes. Yeah. Um, so maybe, obviously, that's, I don't think that's the norm. Maybe, maybe more people do that now because things are bigger and fancier and shinier and they, they need it. Um, or maybe, it, maybe, obviously, based on your, your data plan, too, maybe that actually helps out a lot, dropping some cost you have to, there. Yeah, you have to get a large enough data plan in order to make it worth it because they give you $25 off per month on their normal plan amounts. Mm. Um, so you get 25 bucks off per month. What you, so say you're, say you're on your old style plans. Well, imagine getting $25 off a month. But uh, I'm paying an extra uh, $42 a month. However, when you add that $42 up times 12, it ends up being like $510. So basically I'm paying $510 for the 6 plus, right? If the next phone that I get is a little cheaper, it'll be a little less money than that. And if you can go around, if you can go and turn and resell this thing for almost the same price, um, uh, it ends up working out because you're also getting twenty five bucks off per per month on your what you'd be normally paying right. on your uh, on your bill. Yeah, that's true. That none of that none of that is it worth it or not factors in resale value. Yeah, which with any Apple product is always a a legit thing. Yeah, yeah. Reselling after one year, you'll get more money than. Normally, what you would do is wait two years to resell your device. So, yeah, true. Yeah. And then, uh, and then iWatch. iWatch was announced. Obviously, you can't buy it yet. You can't buy it for quite some time, probably. But what were your what were your thoughts? How did it sit you? I remember you had the blog a blog post right, right beforehand talking about innovation and, and stuff. So, how did the watch announcement hit you? Yeah. So my post that I posted like a few days before the event was on how in 1984 Apple changed. Uh, earth by making personal computers accessible by putting computers into our living rooms computers obviously already existed they existed in small form factors to an extent but apple made it possible for human beings to buy them and put them in the living room on a mass scale and uh and so they changed the world right and it wasn't about doing gadgets you know because that word didn't really even exist in the common vernacular at that time uh and it wasn't about uh, making products, you know what I mean? It was about uh, changing the world by allowing people to have access to computers, right? And, and then they, they, did, they did something pretty crazy. And, uh, man, I'm going to forget my dates here because I have it on my blog post, but I'm not looking at it. I think it was like 2000, 
something one two when they announced the itunes store mm-hmm. and uh and they changed music by releasing the ipod right mp3 players had existed p- music was portable however what they made was the music industry they made the music industry portable by allowing you to purchase songs via itunes put them on your device and take a bunch of songs with you wherever you go right so they they changed the music industry so that was another industry they changed um definitely not as impactful as making you know personal computers but it was pretty cool and then they made computers truly mobile and they did that by announcing the iphone they announced the iphone and because we are already living in a global like mobile phone culture people you know were very accepting of the fact that i'm going to buy a phone um but the iphone isn't what made computers mobile it's the app store that did you know because computers the fact that they're ubiquitous has nothing to do um, with their form factor, their materials, or their size, or anything. It has to do with the software they can run. That's why computers are ubiquitous and everywhere is because they can run software. And with the App Store, they enabled you to have, you know, desktop grade software on your phone that goes with you. It's small, it's mobile, and so they made uh, computing truly mobile at that point. You know. Um, and they changed the world probably just as much as by putting it in your living room um, with the App Store and uh, with you know its first its first interface, which was the iPhone. Um, so I don't know. It's it's pretty rad how innovative that kind of stuff was. And then they are playing it up as this is going to be their next big thing, and and all it is is another way to interact with the App Store. Except it's not. You know, it's it, it's only a companion. It's even less so. And it is. Uh, it's literally a companion. Yeah, and it can't operate without the phone on your person as well. It's a two-handed device, requires two hands to operate. Um, and it's, it's cool, but it was just, for me, I mean, it doesn't mean that Apple's not going to innovate anymore, but I was just really hoping that they would come out with something super radical and, and break into another industry, you know? Like, Apple, unfortunately, it seems like they're seeing themselves as a gadget company, which sucks because they have more money than any company on Earth. They have so much respect, like, culturally, uh, consumer wise, you know, like the reviews, like they have a huge impact. Like every internet connected human being on earth knows about Apple and Apple has their ears. Mm-hmm. Whatever Apple does, everyone's going to listen. And they're going to want it because Apple is a reputable company, unlike Google and other places. Um, right. So they have like this amazing platform that no other company on earth has at this very moment and probably won't for a very long time. And so why not use that to change the world yet again? You know, why become a gadget company? Why not do, break into a new industry and do something super rad like transportation? Or I mean, if you wanted to do new industry but yet stay gadgets, do uh, freaking TVs or, or something, right. you know? Uh, right. So I think, so not to take away from the watch, which I, I would still like to circle back to slightly, but do you not think that that's uh, maybe bigger than the, the Apple Watch announcement? The Apple Pay announcement, I feel like, is is right in that wheelhouse. We, it isn't fully realized yet because nobody's actually seen it. Nobody's seen how it's going to grow or expand. But that's the sort of thing that I think even Tim Tim Cook kind of said himself and during the keynote, where it's like, this is a problem that we as a company are one of the few in the world who are poised to solve. Right? Who else is going to tackle something of that scale uh, it, in in such a way? I think that like Apple Pay is something that could change that can change an industry, uh, especially with the the integrations that not only they have with uh, credit card companies, banks, 
uh, retailers. They actually have now with uh, online payments, uh, SD, available SDKs. Um, do you not think that that's in some way kind of poised to, to be that sort of uh, industry changer? No, I totally agree with you. I think the keynote should have been reversed. The one more thing should have been Apple Pay. It's way yeah. more impactful than, than a little watch, right. you know, an antiquated device. Right. Uh, but it's not as shiny. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool and everyone looks at it and says, yeah. holy I cow, heard that, people, that's what I want. I but. heard people saying like, oh, the watch is just you know, the first step to something big. Bologna sandwiches. The <laughs> first step to something big was in 1984, Apple announced the computer. That wasn't like a small step to something big. That was a massive step into something massive, right? The iPhone, App Store, massive step into something massive. Right, right. ITunes, but how, how iPod, much of massive stuff is something massive? So this idea that the watch is just a step stone. Well, sure, maybe it is. But you know what? Then you could say that iOS was the first stepping stone to the watch, and then the watch that you know what I mean. You can't, you can't really say that because it just doesn't work. But I totally agree. The payments thing is it's huge, and the payments thing right now, um, what they've done already by partnering with all the major credit cards, they've done a huge bulk of work. But there's in order to make it like something super crazy awesome. It's going to be a little while uh, because they're still using credit cards. You know, once once it becomes something other than that, um, then it'll be great. I mean, there's things like right. Stellar, which is if you don't know what Stellar is, it's um, it's it is a standardized way to send um, what the heck is the word currency uh, money to other people. So whereas Bitcoin is a currency and and the U.S. dollar is a currency. Um, there are different ways that banks use different um, APIs to send to send transactional information back and forth between, be, between each other. There's different protocols they use, just like SMTP for email is a protocol. But there's no one single protocol that all banks use to talk to each other. And so it's very hard for banks to connect to banks, and that's why the industry takes so long to move and to, have, like, to be influenced by tech because everybody's using their own standard that they want to use that they think is best. So what Stellar is doing is making a standardized way to transfer money to also, um, uh, what the heck is the word, convert money between currency types. And so you can use Stellar to send Bitcoins or, or um, to send uh, uh, U.S. dollars, to, to whatever. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's a standardized way to send stuff. And so if Apple's able to adopt that standard and, and come up with their – and use that in their network, it would be amazing. So right. I'm pretty excited to use some Stellar stuff in Plasso. Uh, soon, but yeah, and there's a whole lot of so yeah, there are definitely a whole lot of questions still with or, you know how it's gonna uh, how it's gonna grow, how it's gonna expand, how it's gonna get out of just you know being an Apple Apple product. Obviously, you know what does this mean for for Android? Is it completely shut out? What does this mean for any yeah. mom and mom and pop real ta- retailer or uh, uh, any site, uh, any website that they have that they want to integrate? Can anybody integrate? Um, Unfortunately, okay. not right now. Like. Uh, right now, Apple has uh, has an SDK to use. Actually, do they? Yeah, they do have an SDK to use uh, Apple Pay, um, and but but that requires you as the person who's going to use that SDK to have a way to store credit cards and all this kind of stuff, which most people aren't and aren't going to do. Um, right. So it's really only useful to to people already have this massive infrastructure. But Stripe uh, has integrated with. Um, uh, with uh, Apple Pay, obviously beforehand Apple reached out to them, right. um, and and so you can use Stripe to uh, to to take transactions 
only on your mobile device. There is no web interface to use Apple Pay at this time. And hopefully that'll come soon. There was, because I, I read Stripe's replies to everybody on this, on this topic, <laughs> and they did, to one person, mention that they're hoping it'll come soon as well. So right. it's probably something that Apple... It would have to. Like it, it has to, or else the whole, yeah. the whole pitch of this is going to be, we're, we're going to tackle this problem in a way that only we can. So right now you can only pay on the web for Apple special partnerships, like Apple specifically partnered with Target, Apple specifically yeah, partnered with... Petco and... Yeah, other places, and they're allowing Panera. them... Yeah, allowing them to have a web interface to to do payments. But the average human being cannot just do Apple Pay at this time. Right. Nor can you, like, pay a person. I can't pay you via Apple Pay. Exactly. Right. And that's not even a... That's the thing. is like that, so far, is not even a part of Apple Pay. Like, paying individuals, that's not even a part of it. It's literally just use an easier way to use your credit card because they store it on your device. Right. Not wireless. that that's not a huge thing in and of itself. And not only is it easier, it's potentially more secure. Obviously you're, it's, you're only as secure as, as Apple is. And that's kind of come un, under scrutiny a little bit recently, or at least under question. But yeah. I, the, the whole, the whole concept of being able to, to store your entire wallet's worth of, of monies, uh, on your phone in uh, complete, completely encrypted. No numbers are ever stored. No numbers are ever, uh, transferred. Uh, to even the merchant, according to them. Uh, and then with the ability to, if you ever lose your phone, to remotely go in and just say, suspend all payments. Uh, yeah. There's no, you don't, your choices aren't uh, just abandon ship, wipe the device remotely, and go cancel all those cards and start over. You can actually just say, just temporarily suspend this until I get back to that bus stop and grab my phone. Uh, yep. And then just pick it right back up and, and re-enable. That's awesome. Like, that's a that's a really, really sweet uh, angle to this. Um, so yeah, just, to, just the fact that right now, at least in its current form, it's just a, a simpler, maybe safer, easy way to, to, to manage your credit cards and to actually charge your credit cards. Even that is pretty sweet. Yeah, totally. It's, it's amazing. And I'm so glad they did it. I was v- very much looking forward to it. I was, I was thinking that they would have their own API and deal with it. And, but it's kind of clear that Apple doesn't really want to deal with individual developers on payments. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be partnering with people like Stripe and PayPal and everything and let those companies deal with individual people. Um, so that's fine. But I was hoping to have an advantage by putting in a Plasto first. But um, right. if it's available on Stripe, anybody else can do it too, So which is great. But Plasto yeah. will accept uh, Apple Pay as soon as that feature does come out, which is great. But... Um, no, it's it's exciting, it's super cool. I'm stoked for it. But I'm I'm just seeing how everything's going. I'm as far as payments are concerned, I'm excited about Stellar mostly because I'll be able to use that to create um my own, you know, interperson payment system uh that doesn't rely on anybody uh because of the way it works basically. Um, you could use if you had bitcoins, you could pay someone in USD. If you had USD, you could pay someone in bitcoins. All kind of stuff, just using yeah. this proto coal. Right. So, yeah, that's awesome. It'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I, just to, I guess, circle back around to the watch with the the few thoughts that I that I had on it. Um, even though I, I I agree, I feel like they should have the Apple Pay should have been the one more thing, and that should have been the thing that we that we finished on. But I I just want to say my points on it. Uh, Indeed. I'm not. A, I'm not a watch guy, so I don't think like even just in general, I'd be. I'm first in line to strap something to my wrist and keep it tethered to me uh, at all times. 
but even before they announced it, I was kind of thinking about it. I was thinking, well, if if, if Apple II was re- were to release their version of a smartwatch, what would it have to have for me to be interested in it? And for me, the answers were were kind of three things, all of which I f- are there, and I feel like are are the three biggest to me the three biggest features of the watch, and that's the uh, the ability to to potentially do payments to to kill your kill your need for your wallet. Who's this, who exactly is to to know yet? If you still need your phone in your pocket with this Apple Pay thing, but to be able to actually use your watch to to pay for things uh, is sweet. Uh, two is just fitness. Anything. Uh, the only time I, I even ever wear a watch is when I go for a run and I put on my my GPS watch uh, from Nike. So that's sweet. Being able to track all of that is awesome. Again, <laughs> who knows? I guess you do need your iPhone in your pocket if you want GPS. There's no way this little yeah this little processor <laughs> or this little battery is going to be doing uh, any any serious GPS. Uh, on your watch so maybe that's not a a great thing but i still think the fitness angle is obviously a big one and then three it's it's notifications and i think that's that's probably one of the more on a day-to-day hour-to-hour use case i feel like the having notifications on your on your wrist are probably the is probably the biggest the biggest angle for me and it's not uh i feel like a lot of people right away were saying like i don't need another distraction i'm not why would i get this and I'm like, it's not another distraction. Like, it's the same data source that you've got coming into you. If anything, it's an easier, like, potentially more discreet way of of accessing that distraction. Yeah. Uh, you know, sitting in a meeting and all of a sudden someone, you get a tap, a light tap on the wrist and you look down and, and oh, the call got moved to three this afternoon. Sweet. And then that's it. I just turned my wrist slightly to get that info. Yep. Um, yep. That's huge. And I think that on a regular basis is going to be a... Uh, a big feature, so I, I'll, I'll probably get one. But again, that's from a the consumer hat. I'll probably get one. The the developer designer hat. I, I'll get one. I'll get three. Um, yeah, I'll I'll get one just because I'm you know probably would build something for it or something like that. I don't think I would probably ever wear it. Um, yeah, I, I'm not like a watch guy myself either. And when I'm at my desk, my phone's on my desk, and so if a text comes in, I see it there. But I. When I'm at my desk, I prefer everything to be on my desktop anyway. So, like, right. I'll see my notifications come in on my desktop. You know, like, uh, you got a text message here or there, and I just respond with messages on the desktop. Um, but we, when I'm not there, um, actually, honestly, when I'm not at my desk, uh, I don't have my phone on me often. And if I do, I have it on airplane mode because I don't like having the cell reception that close to me when I have it in my pocket, you know? So mm-hmm. I turn on airplane mode usually when I'm out and about, and I only use my phone as a camera. Like the, I use my phone. I I don't do calls too much. I do texting, but I I think I probably do fifty percent of my texting on the desktop, and I use my phone. I don't use too many apps to be honest, but uh, I use my phone almost predominantly as a camera. So for me, it's a camera, and so a lot of times my phone's on airplane mode. Often my phone's in airplane mode, like all night. When it, before I go to bed, it's on airplane mode. So wow. it's like, yeah, always on airplane mode. It's impressive. I'm actually uh, I'm somewhat impressed. Why? <laughs> it's uh, to be able to, to to cut the cord for long enough. I'm it's, for me, it's like just try not to, you know, check my phone on a regular basis or check Twitter or check whatever I'm. Oh, checking. I check I check Twitter all the time, but it's like uh, I don't know, like 
there are a lot of studies, and it is inconclusive. And I don't want to be one of those guys where in the future they look like, what a bunch of fools strapping these devices to their skin so <laughs> close to their brains. You know, like what people might say eventually about microwaves or something. But, um, and, but I'm also not like ultra paranoid or anything like that. Um, it's mainly the influence of my wife, who's probably a little more ultra paranoid about it. <laughs> right. Um, but I just, I like to have, I, I was so fearful when I was turning it off the, fir- the first few times online. I'm like, what if someone needs to call me or someone's <laughs> yeah. in dire danger and I'm the only one who could save them? You know, <laughs> right. I had all those thoughts. No, every, you know? everyone th- has those thoughts. And yet, when was the last time it happened? Like it's never. And, and then once you start turning it off regularly, it's like, you don't even care. It doesn't, you don't even think about it. It's like, whatever, right. if, I, if I turn this on in, you know, 30 minutes, I turn it off airplane mode and I check myself if there's anything there. It's only been 30 minutes, you know, so. Uh, and all that fear goes away very quickly, actually. But um, yeah, but for years and years I've been doing this, and uh, it's, I don't know, it's been good. But I got to say, circling back even further to the iPhone 6 Plus, um, the drawback that we talked about was you know, the scaling of the, dev- uh, the device uh, resolution. Um, but the, the positive for me, the reason I am getting it... OIS... OIS, optical image stabilization, which may or may not matter so much. If you've ever used the app from Instagram called Hyperlapse, which you should definitely get. I use it all the time. I've never downloaded Instagram in my life, but I I downloaded Hyperlapse. It's super simple. There's no social aspect to it whatsoever. You just take videos, and then it uses algorithm to smooth it out like insane butter. And so I post photos or videos of my kids on Facebook. There's just these butter smooth cinematic uh, things where I like go around them in circles by the beach here and go through the water and oh it's just super cool I can just love it so much absolutely love it um, uh, but I don't know how much optical image stabili- stabilization is going to help that but it could a little bit and so that's why I got it uh, because you know if you're using the algorithm to do it who needs the hardware but I want to see if you know the two of them married together makes it that much better but the right. cool thing is is uh, not so cool for Instagram, but cool for anyone on an iPhone is is Apple. Obviously, it's not the exact same algorithm Instagram uses in Hyperlapse to smooth out video, but Apple has their own sim- cinematic um, image stabilization or video stabilization uh, software now for iPhone 6 uh, and iPhone 6 Plus, where when you're filming, Apple already stabilizes your image and if you remember the 4, I think, is, I think the 4S is when they started doing it. So if you remember the 4 video versus the 4S, <clears throat> it's nowhere near as like bumpy and jaggy right. like the video. Yeah. But if you turn on cinematic uh, video stabilization is what they're calling it, what Apple's calling it, turn that on, then it's like hyperlapse or like Microsoft's, you know, hyper, they call it hyperlapse too, the time lapse thing. Um, it'll look like that just by default on your phone. So you don't have to even have a separate app or anything to do it with. Which I'm looking forward to. It's going to be super killer. Yeah, um, for sure. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. And I don't know. So if, I also wanted to get another device for testing, <laughs> you know, the bigger one. But I have an iPad mini. I got them for my kids a couple Christmases ago. And I remember holding that in my hands. I'm like, man, this is an amazing size. Like, I never thought it would think the size is so amazing. But it's super cool. I love the, the way it felt. Um, and obviously the 5.5-inch uh, screen on the 6 uh, six plus isn't that same size, but it's getting know. close. I don't know. We'll see. I, I might, I might like that form factor a lot more. I might hate it because it's not going to fit in my pocket very well. Right. Um, but either it'll way, be, it's only going to be a year before it'll, I upgrade, be, so. it'll be funny to see that. Wait till the first day where you grab the wrong device on the way out. You actually grab the iPad Mini. 
I grabbed the pizza box. Oh, I thought this was my phone. (laughs) What the heck? This barely fits in my pocket at all. (laughs) Must be losing weight. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so now I'm excited to see uh, how that optical image stabilization works, but and also to check out the form factor. But uh, yeah, yeah, like you said, I don't think um, I don't think anyone's going to be super pissed that they got the they picked wrong right i think everyone's going to be happy with what with what they got and I, like i was saying to you i think my fear was that i was going to get the six and then see somebody with the six plus and uh get jealous that i didn't get that you will but then but then it became instead that if i got the six plus and saw somebody using the six i would be embarrassed that i was using, that i was rocking <laughs> the six plus so it, it it switched for me which was which is part of my motivation to get the six so uh but yeah i think even if, like you say regardless we're all going to be jump having the same discussion 12 uh, months, ex- 11 ex- months, ex- yeah, 11 exactly months and three year. weeks from now, yeah. we'll all be taught, we'll all be have already ordered the uh, iPhone 7, the yeah. 7, yeah, so, or the, no, I guess the, well, can, they can't do the 6S Plus. Oh, they can, they probably will. You think so? Yeah. That's going to be a long name. It's getting longer. The 6S Plus. <laughs> they got to, they got to slow down the, the numbering uh, convention or else we're going to be on like 20 before we know it. Yeah iPhone 27. <laughs> Everyone's like super old up on stage. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. No, it'll it'll be fine. I um, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing how how amazing everything looks on that 3X device once I actually make some 3X graphics for it. Um, because to me, the the Retina just looks so good. But you know, after having had a Retina device for years. Uh, you can see pixels, you know? So right. moving to the 3X, it's going to be insane. Yeah, I mean, even the... I'm going to get envious, though, if my wife's screen is crisper than mine. <laughs> That's true. What is this? The, I think the PPI on the well, it's actually 4.7 less. is like 326. Yeah, it's, like, it's a lot less. It's a lot less on the, the 6. Versus the 6 Plus is way more pixel density. So I don't know. It might end up being that the 6 Plus actually is crisper. Who knows? Right. What is the and, the... and the 326 is the same as the 5S, right? I think so. I think that's. I think it's the same pixel density, just a bigger screen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, same, same ratio, too, obviously. Just They just expanded it a little bit bigger. Uh, added, added some more pixels, obviously, to it. But, yeah, it's kind of crazy, the fact that my device that will fit in my pocket, hopefully, will have the same amount of pixels as, you know... Uh, any of those 80-inch, 70-inch TVs you see hanging up in Best Buy that are 1080p. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very wild. Yeah. Uh, that, was a lot, that, was a, that was a lot of Apple right yep. just then. We should, um, you got, to switch something personal, you've got a restaurant that's launching in like a couple of days, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So next week, um, my restaurant, the Cork and Craft, is launching in Poway, which has a San Diego address, but if you're from the San Diego area, Poway is off the 15, um, basically directly east of uh, Del Mar. Um, so anyways, yeah, we're, we're launching. It's going to be super cool. I'm, I'm excited. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there because I'm up in Washington for a year. Um, but uh, we're launching the restaurant, the brewery, and relaunching the winery all on the 18th of nice. September. Coming up. Yes. A couple days. Yes, coming up, coming up. So we... We uh, Abnormal is the name of the company, and so there was Abnormal Wine. My buddy Matt and James had that company. Matt is the one who does Valleocon with me, 
and that's his winery. If you've ever been to ValueCon, you've had his wine. He's brought it every time. Um, Good stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. So he had a winery. He wanted to add a restaurant. He wanted to add a brewery because James, his partner, is super into the beer, and Matt's super into the wine. And I was like, man, I want to be a part of that so badly because I want <laughs> always want to have my own restaurant. And I had just, in the last like couple of years, started getting into beer. And um, so they allowed me to be a part of it. And uh, so I'm doing like all the... Uh, branding, design, um, the graphic stuff for the restaurants, uh, obviously the website, all the tech stuff. Going to be building a, going to be building my own checkout system. I know there's options out there, but I want to build it myself. And so, actually, uh, <laughs> it's going to be pretty rad since Plasso's already built. And actually, to serve lunches right now, because we have already done our soft open, and to serve lunches, we're using Plasso, just a Plasso checkout page to choose your different menu items and then how many you want and check out sweet and so since plasso is already built instead of rebuilding the wheel i was like you know what? i'm just going to add a restaurants feature to plasso and we'll use that so in the near future plasso will also have a feature called restaurants for restaurants to use no um, way. as menus yeah so it'll be pretty cool um still working on all that stuff though uh so i'm doing that for for abnormal and so abnormal split up into three uh three sub companies it's got the cork and craft which is the restaurant and it has Abnormal Wine, which is the winery, and Abnormal Beer, which is uh, the beer. And we have this pretty huge brewery now. Um, I think we have nine tons, so those big giant mm-hmm. um, brewing uh, containers that you see, the big stainless steel ones. They're all, need, for, they're all they for IPAs, need, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> but you need a ladder to get up to. Uh, we have that. It's in its own separate enclosed room with glass walls all around it so you can see into it from the restaurant. It's all temperature controlled from the floor into the air as well. Um, And then we have a a wine cellar, like a big wine cellar for our wine there in the restaurant also. And the restaurant's all um, open. um, It's all completely open. So the walls, there's a wall that separates the restaurant from the kitchen area, but it's only a half wall. Um, So you can see all the way into the kitchen. You can see the chefs preparing stuff. We have a VIP section where if you sit there, uh, you're sitting literally across from the chef. You can watch him prepare everything. We have a stage with a grand piano um, that will also have music on. This, um, is a, this sounds quite legit, stuff. quite fancy. Dude, it's, they, they I should dress up. I they should raised like, a lot shoes. of money for this. and um, It's a 6,000-square-foot building uh, that we gutted completely and, um, and made 100% custom that James and Matt and, um, made. So they did an amazing job designing that thing from the inside architecting it, all that kind of stuff. And so it looks really good. It's all done now, actually. And um, right now we're basically practicing. We had our soft open. We're practicing dinners. We're practicing lunches. And then our actual grand opening will be on the 18th. That's awesome. And dinner and lunch? Lunch and dinner, yes, yes. Different menu for each one. Um, So actually you can go to the – I guess I could tell you now. There's a temporary site up there right now. I just haven't told anybody because it's not – polished to my likings but i did it all 100 percent of everything so you can make fun of me but uh it's it's i it's it's good looking but it's just yeah Looks anyways great. uh it's the cork and you can go there to check that out abnormal's uh website for the uh, wine is already up there abnormalwine.com abnormal beer is coming soon and then the abnormal company page i have to make so i have to make websites for all of them still uh redo the wine site and uh, make one for the beer and and then obviously make the Cork and Craft site way more better because that's just a temporary site. Looks good to me. Yeah, it's going to have like a, you'll be able to obviously order on it and all that kind of stuff like I was saying before. Um, but it's, yeah, it's going to be cool. And, the, and so next year I'm looking forward to when I'm back down there in, 
in Carlsbad. I'll be close by. And when I'm back down there, that year will be the fun year. Right now, it's getting everything set up, going, mm-hmm. getting all the stuff, checks and balances in place. And the next year, I'm going to push the beer to the extreme. Dude, I have some super fun marketing campaigns already lined up. And going to be pushing beer in our industry, the tech industry, huge. I'm going to try, try to get us to sponsor every single uh, conference there is and get Abnormal Beer everywhere. We're going to be, doing, we're going to be uh, selling direct-to-consumer. We're abnormal in the fact uh, that uh, our marketing and our distribution is not going to be normal. Uh, we're not going to go through the typical routes. We're going to go direct-to-consumer. So we're going to be shipping uh, beer through the mail. And um, I have a way... I'm, I'm making a way to uh, purchase uh, Abnormal Beer on the command line uh, with an NPM module. Right. So that'll be pretty fun. I'll do it. I'll do it way too often, actually. Yes. Yes. And then, we, and then once Amazon brings out their drones, we'll sell through Amazon. So that way they can drone you one right away. Yeah, there, there might be some legal ramifications of uh, <laughs> droning in uh, alcoholic beverages. But who's, who's to say? There's, there's legal stuff when it comes to shipping them, too. But... Um, we're partnering up with someone who's just they're like a, they're they're a startup but not in the Silicon Valley terms. They're like an actual business that is starting up, uh, not startup in quotes. Um, <laughs> Real businesses also yes. start up. <laughs> yes, uh, and they're they're going to handle shipping. And the thing with shipping alcohol is there you have to get a license in every state, and then every county in every state uh, potentially has different ones. And so they've got all those, and so we'll be solid. But yeah. Right. Well, that's awesome. I look forward to, to trying it out. Yeah. So if you're in San Diego area, definitely go check out the Cork and Craft. Yeah. Hit Working me up. Out, hit me up. We'll meet there. Stuff. Yes. Next year. <laughs> oh, hit you up. Hit yeah, me I see up. Mean. Yes. Yeah, I hit mean, up Kieran. We'll Skype, we'll Skype you in, though, if you, okay. you want to like, hear what it's like. <laughs> I know. I know. I got to go visit at some point. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, go to thecorkandcraft.com. You can get the address from there. And definitely go sit down. If you can make it out on the 18th, if you're local to San Diego, go hit up the Cork and Craft restaurant on the 18th. Make it a dinner date. Do whatever. Just go check it out. Eat that food. Sweet. Will do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. All right. Well, this is a fun one. We've got to talk about Apple. We've got to talk about beer and food. That's that's kind of what I talk about anyway, right? All of that stuff. Yeah. I'm going to throw it out there. Chocolate. There. Chocolate. Now we talked about chocolate. That's good. Football. So, football. Football. There's foosball. Cool. All right, everyone. Well, thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll be back again next week with another episode. So talk to you all later. Sweet. See you guys.